0: Burrow fires downfield to Jamar Chase. He's got it. Wow. Takes it all the
1: way. DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor touchdown. Pass is caught. Digs touchdown. The NFL playoff picture for those final wild card spots. That's what we're going to talk about today as we approach NFL Week 18 here on Road to His Overtime. Sean, as we start this show, we didn't have our second show of the week which we normally have that was obviously in hindsight of what occurred on monday night football with demar hamlin a very scary situation and obviously our thoughts are with him positive reports over the last 24 hours with his recovery and it in a much better place it would appear than it was obviously on monday night and i want to give a a commendation to you and ben gretch at the start of today's show You recorded a stadium bananas episode that did come out on wednesday which i know was a very tough one to record but done in a very uh, dignified way as you talk through that the scenarios and um i I thought that was a real good show to put together in in difficult circumstances but we are wishing demar hamlin a full and speedy recovery as things continue to progress there but kicking it off sean we are going to get back into talking some fantasy football some nfl football today the reason we didn't do the show obviously we were both not in the mindset to do that earlier this week after what did occur On Monday Night Football talking with you before the show I know we both had been in communication over the last couple of days as well and it is a very very difficult time for the NFL community so starting off today's show how are you doing as we we kick things off here
2: yeah I, I obviously I think everyone is doing a lot better today because the news is just so positive and that doesn't mean that everything is fine or anything to that effect but when you're just hoping and praying so hard for good news and you get that. Hopefully it'll help. And one of the things that we saw from the NFL community is this amazing outpouring of all different kinds of positive things, but you look at the giving, you look at the donations to his charity. I mentioned on the show with Ben that, you know, if you weren't familiar with DeMar Hamlin's story previously, that I mean, now most people are, and it's fantastic. And he just seems like such a wonderful person. And so, that wouldn't matter in terms of rooting for him to recover, obviously, but it it just seems like he has such a great life to live here. And with the news that he's neurologically intact, again, there's still so many uncertainties, but it is very exciting that it has moved in this direction and, and hopefully it continues to move in a positive way. Colin, we are gonna talk a little bit about some football today. We're gonna talk a little bit about week 17. And some of the developments there that are potentially exciting for Dynasty in the future. Obviously, most people are not playing Uh, their regular leagues in Week 18. We've got DFS, obviously great tools up on the site for that. We're rolling into these playoff contests. And you and I made the decision to continue to wait on doing some of that content as we go forward. We are excited to, to play those contests in the FFPC and in the underdog. But today we'll look a little bit at that there are also some interesting reality games this week you and i have teams on opposite sides of the battle to be the nfc wildcard team for anybody who does think that you know someone who hasn't listened to every episode which everyone is welcome we hope that most of you haven't listened to every episode because we hope we're getting uh, we're growing the the overtime community every day (laughs) right but if it seems like I'm I'm claiming too many teams, I, the three places that I have lived, Kansas City, Detroit, when I was in elementary school, and now in Arizona, those are the three teams that I am mostly reading for. Obviously, we get these teams during the course of the year where we have a lot of fantasy players on them. They've got a cool coach. They've got a great offensive game plan. I mean, those teams kind of become your team during the course of the year, too, because they're the teams you're watching on Sunday and have a lot of investment in, both emotional and otherwise. And so... You end up with a lot of teams. But the Detroit Lions have been one of my teams from when I was a little kid. They had this, I don't know if Halcyon period is really the right way to look at it since they actually weren't very good. But they had the Barry Sanders era, they had the Calvin Johnson era. Probably, I mean, this is a franchise that had the greatest running back of all time, especially if you exempt some of the you know luminous legendary transcendent stars of the past like a jim brown or a gail sayers and they've also had the greatest wide receiver all time like if we kind of just pretend jerry rice didn't exist right maybe the second greatest and they weren't good during those stretches which is unfortunate then they go into this dark period where they have bad players at all the positions they go they go winless right now they're back under dan campbell We know his story. He seems like the most fun. Or, I mean, there are a lot of great coaches. He seems like one of the really cool coaches in the NFL. And they're they're doing it with Jared Goff. They're doing it with Jared Goff and somehow with Jamal Williams. So we have some cool players on this team. We have Amon Ross St. Brown. We have DeAndre Swift, who looked unbelievable last week. Again, grading on a little bit of a sliding scale. The Chicago Bears run defense appears to have about seven or eight guys out there. And they have Jamison Williams, and as we look to the future, I mean, this team could be what well, we wanted those Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson teams to be. They're probably not there yet, but again, under Jared Goff, they're one of the highest scoring teams in the NFL. When you talk about oh, you know, you can't win with this guy, or you know, they're good, but the next step is with a rookie quarterback. I mean, they're high scoring, they limit turnovers, they limit sacks. I mean, I don't know what how much more you really want Jared Goff to do because one of the things is, like, if you have a Ryan Fitzpatrick, and this is Ryan Fitzpatrick before the very final season, but I mean, one of the things with some of these veteran QBs who can move the ball, it's like, yeah, but they, they're surrounded by great players and they still make a lot of mistakes, and it's really just game managing. Jared Goff is, is limiting mistakes and scoring a ton of points. So to really get better quarterback play, I'm mean, here going to have to make a big upgrade. Now, if you say you bring in a star rookie and that guy is – Patrick Mahomes or Jalen Hurts or somebody like that for 15 years, obviously you would prefer that to Jerry Goff. But we know it's not that simple in terms of landing those players. However, Week 18, it really isn't about that, although it kind of will be, because now the Lions are in a must-win game. Your Green Bay Packers are in a must-win game. The problem here for the Lions is that our Week 17 matchup that we promoted all season – between the Seahawks and the Jets was about the worst game you could imagine. (laughs) Both teams, in the end, fielding excellent secondaries. And you can see that when you pull up the passing matchup Raider. And they lock down those wide receivers. Which, that doesn't lead then to a particularly exciting game. But the other thing that happened is that the Seahawks win. And that means Detroit is in deep, deep trouble. Because even once they win, they probably will not make the playoffs. The Rams, not in a good place right now. The Seahawks, almost a touchdown favorite in that game. Colum, your Green Bay Packers are at home here. They're surging. They didn't get anything from Christian Watson last week. How confident are you that the Packers and Aaron Rodgers will be back
1: in the playoffs? It is uh, The scheduling situation here is a little bit tricky for the Lions, obviously. If these games had kicked off at the same time as the Seahawks, all things are are equal at that point it will be interesting and i do expect the lions no matter what to go all out a divisional opponent obviously that they're facing the green bay packers and what they've been able to do under dan campbell i don't think it's a case of oh we can't make the playoffs we'll we'll sit down here so i expect a a really tough competitive game i have looked at the game splits as well for the the lions at home versus on the road they they they're much better at home inside the dome and playing in lambeau field i think this week could be a little bit of a, a challenge for them but They do have two fantastic options at running the ball, one that we like a little bit more than the other in DeAndre Swift, but we also have Jamal Williams heading back to Lambeau where he is well accustomed to playing. So I think this is going to be an interesting game, but as the Packers' season has gone on, I think they've really started to find an identity, and I think we're going to see them get the job done here, Sean. I think uh, it feels like... They have come too far from that, you know, the very, very bottom. I think they made, they they might have found rock bottom at that point in the middle of the season and they have uh, climbed their way back in. You mentioned obviously the offensive side of the ball for the Lions. I want to give a shout out as well to Aiden Hutchinson. We don't get into defensive players, Sean, much on this. And when we do our recaps, there's a number of different times I've thought about mentioning him, but he has just been amazing in so many games this season so the the second overall pick in this year's draft looking like a phenomenal player and they're the sort of players that you want to hit on when you're looking to turn a franchise around you mentioned those dark days but when you start adding pieces like Amal Ross St. Brown, you have DeAndre Swift you start to you know have a quarterback who's able to to play you know sustainable football to, to move an offense and then you start to add some key defensive pieces that really can turn a franchise around in a, a very quick period of time so either way i have to say that this season whether the the lions make it in or not is a, a you know it's a, it's a very positive move in the right direction for this lions franchise when you see something like hard knock sometimes you think like oh this is just going to be you know far tv and eventually this you know spirit will fall off we've seen how they kind of lost a lot of close games last season as well and when the season started off as tough as it did this team could have really fell away they bonded together and i think uh Dan Campbell has done a, a tremendous job, but I am sticking with the Packers to win this. You mentioned Christian Watson. We haven't had many games this season where the Packers have been substantially healthy, you know, a, a large percentage of the roster. They've got a lot of defensive pieces back over the last couple of weeks who are healthy. And offensively, I, I don't think that Christian Watson was probably healthy last week going into that game. And I think it was a situation where they really didn't need to use him all that much. And, and we're trying to keep him, you know, as close to 100% for this week as possible. Also, with Romeo Dobbs as well. They um, have a situation where he's working his way back to, to full health. So I'm, I'm quite excited about the Packers. And David Bocchiari was back last week as well, which is something that we have not seen a huge amount of this season and his recovery over the last kind of 24 months. So I'm, I'm confident in the Packers win here, Sean. Um, I also think you're probably spot on there. I think the Seahawks are likely to, to beat the Rams as well. So it's not probably going to have the same winning in for both teams scenario as it as it would have had previously but um i think that won't stop the lions from wanting to play spoilers here in this one i assume that you're you're going with a a lions win and one of his going to be upset come late sunday night
2: yeah lions victory here that i don't think is that justified by the evidence but i'm going to go ahead and make an emotional pick we do always point out on the show that we are both fans and fantasy players as opposed to doing the analysis and we want to make sure that you know when there are very specific areas where the separation is large
1: yeah. I'm a, a number of jokes this season about like people probably starting to think that I'm a, a Detroit Lions fan because we were so enthusiastic and so positive about the, the Lions this year so I guess if the Seahawks lose that game to the Rams either way I'm going to have a team here in the playoffs <laughs> what the well, Lions sp- are the Packers. <laughs>
2: So the Lions are your number two team. That's good. I like that. I like that. If the Seahawks win and the Lions have even less pressure and they're going to be able to go out there, play Play wild and free ferociously, and you play the spoiler, you get your 2023 season off to a very fast start with all of that momentum. They're going to have to play better on defense. They were absolutely scorched by the Carolina Panthers on the ground. Chuba Hubbard. Deontay Foreman both lighting them up in that game. Sam Darnold also effective in that game. Even with Justin Fields game thrown in on the end of this, and obviously they gave up a lot of rushing yards to him, so they still give it plenty of fantasy points. Over the last five weeks, they've been the worst team in the NFL in terms of passing yards per attempt. Against, they're the third worst team in fantasy points over expectation allowed to opposing passers. You look at some of the numbers there. Kirk Cousins lit them up for 425 in week 14. Zach Wilson, who was benched a week later, lit them up for 317 yards on a bunch of air yards in that particular game. Then you have Sam Darnold with 250, even though they were running at will. The Lions, I mean, that's where their weakness is. We know they're going to get into some of these shootouts. We know, as you mentioned, that the splits are large home and away. And so this game does obviously favor the Packers, and yet I think that the Lions continue to take steps across the board. If they can get Jameson Williams a little bit involved in this game, that part would be fun. It would help to neutralize perhaps the Jair Alexander effect. We watched what he did last week to Justin Jefferson. The Lions are more flexible in terms of how they're able to attack, even though they don't really get anything from Williams and the passing game right now he had this week where he goes on a 40-yard run but they still are balanced in terms of using guys like Josh Reynolds and Khalif Raymond in addition to DJ Chark they have all of these backup tight ends after the TJ Hawkinson trade that they get involved and Jared Goff just making those very very quick decisions as we mentioned again limiting sacks limiting turnovers that's going to keep the Lions in this game unless we get a real outburst from Aaron Rodgers. If we get a peak Aaron Rodgers game, and he's been obviously trending in the right direction, I'd love to see Romeo Dobbs a little bit more involved this week, especially if Christian Watson is limited in any way. But I think the Packers route to a blowout, which if you're going to secure this playoff spot, you prefer that game not to come down to the final possession. They need to have those young wide receivers involved. And, I mean, we've been talking about this all season, but the team is the most explosive, it's the most dynamic, and it has the most upside for trying to win a Super Bowl if you have Watson and Dobbs as the playmakers out there, as the targets. You then blend that in with their elite running game, and I think that the Green Bay Packers suddenly become a real threat in the playoffs. One of the storylines, even before their win last week and the sort of Minnesota Vikings collapse, is that nobody's going to want to face these Packers in the playoffs. That's true, but for it to be... True in a way where they themselves can actually be legitimate threats, they still have to continue to develop these young guys and this explosive passing game. Otherwise, they're just one of these game management, keep the game close teams where they could upset you in any given game, but they're not a legitimate NFC threat.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform at indeed.com slash blue Just go to indeed.com slash blue right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: Join us today during the Jeep celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE or Summit 4xE. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.
1: Yeah, that, that's very fair. And Sean, winning last week against the Minnesota Vikings was something they had to do, but it also kind of puts them in a little bit of a spot because if they get in now, they're likely to face... The new number two seed which is the, the 49ers which is a, a much tougher matchup than facing off against the Vikings so we'll see who gets in and how it plays off it sounds like I'm going with the Packers to make that number seven seed you're saying that it's going to be a situation where the, the Seahawks get in with the help of the Lions and this one on the NFC or the AFC side rather sorry it's a, a really interesting weekend because we talked about this game a couple of weeks ago with how the NFC South or the AFC South sorry would play out and that was a situation with the Jaguars and the Titans and how that game would go. Obviously, we have a situation last week where Derrick Henry has a hip issue, rested against the Cowboys, but he should come in here pretty healthy against this Jaguars team. And another situation where we have had the Jaguars in the playoffs a couple of years ago with Blake Bartles, and they almost made it to the Super Bowl, but we have a situation now where it really feels like the trajectory of the team has changed, a young ascending team as they move forward here. This should be a a really exciting contest with the Jaguars and the Titans to, to see who gets in, and then it feels like we kind of have almost a pre wild card weekend with a couple of these teams trying to make it into the Super Bowl or into the playoffs. Yeah, I think this could be one of the sort of under the radar most
2: fun games of the year. We had Joshua Dobbs come in on that Thursday game where the Titans had nothing to play for, but they wanted to see him and kind of balance that against what they were seeing from Malik Willis. And he didn't play well, but he did move the ball for the team within the context of what the expectations could have been. I think they were happy with his performance. He goes 20 for 39. He throws a touchdown. One of the things that I really like to see is that there were 17 targets to Traylon Burks and Robert Woods, It's both guys that at different points in time this season, the team has really struggled to get involved. I mean, those need to be the focal points and so many times they haven't been, you have the third option in this game is Austin Hooper. Despite our questions about his explosiveness, talent, what his role should be on the team. Again, you've got a veteran presence there. He's the number three target in this game. You have Burks demonstrate that explosiveness that we want to see, has a drop, and he could have done even more, but you get the touchdown to Woods. If they can come back with those two guys in this next game and then obviously have the kicker of Derrick Henry, the offense could be competent enough to make this a competitive game now one of the tricky things for the titans is that the jaguars defense is much more exploit exploitable through the air you look at their performance in the last five games against opposing rushers it's not been as good as it's been at some other points they give up 20 plus to swift obviously henry crushes them just a couple of weeks ago goes for 121 and one catches the three passes which if you're playing in some kind of fantasy format very, very helpful for him. But then they limit Elliott. The, the Jets don't have anybody that can really challenge him. The Texans don't have anybody who can really challenge him. The thing that they're doing is they're giving a, a lot of receptions to the running back position. But again, this Titans team, that's not necessarily their strength in terms of the way that they're going to beat you. And so and this game obviously really favors the Jaguars. They're healthier, they're ascending. The Titans' pass defense right now is a huge weakness they've given up the third most points to quarterbacks over the last five weeks they're giving up 70 plus completion percentage over and over and over
1: and that's not gonna be good if they even if they get them they're gonna be they're gonna be toast pretty quick here in these playoffs
2: yeah it's not a great fit for trying to deal with some of these other afc heavyweights yeah trevor lawrence put up 368 yards three touchdowns when they faced off in week 14 It's going to be a different Titans group, a different Jaguars group. And yet at the same time, this game in Jacksonville, the Jaguars are going to be heavily favored. But you're not going to see this Titans team that was the number one seed last year. Mike Vrabel is the head coach. One of these guys who will get a team ready to fight and to really compete regardless of where the talent is at that moment. This is going to be a fun game, and I think really what you want to see is the Stars to come out to play in Week 18. You want Derrick Henry with that week off to put Tennessee on his shoulders on the other side, and this could be the real coronation for Trevor Lawrence as the next great quarterback. We've been waiting for that. The second half of his sophomore season has been fantastic. He could really launch himself and get the Jaguars ready, not just to make the playoffs, but you're going to be the number four seed seed you're going to host a team that is considered to have quite a bit more talent than you do in that 4-5 or five game. A big win here, and they're ready to play in that wild card round. And not just win, but ha- perhaps blow out, humiliate their team in that 4-5 or five game. And then you get into the mix with the teams like the Chiefs and the Bills and the Bengals. You can make it fun. It's not likely, but it's not impossible that Jacksonville could make a run vaguely similar to what we saw last year from the Bengals, and Joe Burrow. So uh, this game is the first stepping stone to accomplishing some of those more aggressive
1: ag- objectives. And then, Sean, looking into the... You know, it's a little bit murkier in the AFC side. The teams that are in the hunt then, out to that, obviously there's a, a division winner coming out of that game that will end up as the fourth seed, most likely, in the AFC. So then we have in the mix kind of the, the Patriots, the Dolphins, the Steelers, and then course the titans but losing that game puts them in a, a hugely difficult situation who is slotting in there with that seventh seed between the the patriots the dolphins and the steelers the most likely candidates to to do that and and we did talk about this a couple of weeks ago it would be obviously we know with Tua and his concussions this season and the issues that have befallen him with his health and, and missing games or parts of games and so on the dolphins were eight and three at a point of the season they are now eight and eight there is reports about potential coaching changes if they don't get in, which fails and seems unreasonable. Uh but how do we feel here with the that last slot? We
2: have a lot of different directions that this could go. And the hard part here for the Dolphins is that even though they'll be at home against a New York Jets squad that is falling apart. The quarterback machinations there, what happened with Mike White last week, it just makes it very difficult for them to have the type of momentum that they would want to have. Now, in any individual game, you can say, I mean, these are NFL teams. You have great resiliency and competitiveness. We watched what their defense did to the Seahawks, even in the loss. Given the Dolphins' situation, at quarterback and certainly the reports that they could have their coach fired who I mean, Mike McDaniel has to be a legitimate option coach for NFL coach of the year. Yeah. <laughs> it just, it, it seems very bizarre and he's obviously not going to win that now that they've gone on this losing streak, but the way that they have played and the ability to develop Tua, and to take someone like a Tyreek Hill and blow out, what he did with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs from a production perspective. I, I don't know. I, you have a lot of people knocking on Mike Daniels' door if in any way, shape, or form he did get fired after that game. Obviously, we know with the Miami Dolphins that they have at least a little bit of dysfunction that related to the previous coaching situation and then their loss of picks as a result of – The claims of tampering, obviously, all of that is going to be a little bit controversial. However, you love this Dolphins team. The quarterback situation, I think, flips that game to the New York Jets. I would be surprised if they're not able to come through in it. So, Colin, if we assume that the New York Jets do defeat the Dolphins and knock them out of the playoffs, which again, not to say it's going to happen, but if you make that assumption, how do you see the AFC playoff picture then? developing because we have two or three other teams that are very interesting here you have the pittsburgh steelers who are on a run they want to extend that streak i mean basically they want to make the playoffs but you're going to extend that streak where mike tomlin is 500 or better it wasn't a great game to watch but from a competitive perspective a fantastic game that they played against the baltimore ravens and then you have the new england patriots in this difficult game where they're at buffalo They've done some positive things and they'll probably get a Bills team that is not 100% in the same way, but a Bills team that I still expect to play a fantastic game.
1: Yeah, so as we record this, there will be some, I'm sure, announcements over the next 24 hours regarding the status of what happens with the outcomes for towards the playoffs, the number one seed and things like that based on the the postponement of the game between the Bills and the Bengals on on, Monday night football. So that obviously puts a little bit of a wrinkle into what the Bills do this week because it would mean that the Chiefs, with a win, could beat the Raiders, get the number one seed on Saturday night football, which would mean the Bills then are into a seeding situation with the Bengals for that second, third seed in the AFC. So there is some questions around what will happen with the scheduling, and then if it is a case of that game with the Bills and the Bengals wouldn't be replayed if it was a tie or a no contest, for example... That the Chiefs then could lock up the number one seed on Saturday night, which may change the Bills' philosophy and how they will attack this game. But I still, I still, if the, if the Bills have something close to a, a full strength offense out there, I find it hard to see the Patriots being able to live with that. But at the moment, looking through the fixtures and how things stand, and I know it's a, a very outside chance that it could happen. It means that the Steelers are are really looking in there. If they can beat the Cleveland Browns, they would get to nine and eight. And that would mean, based on our scenario a moment ago, if the Dolphins were to lose, they'd be 8-9. If the Patriots don't win, they'd be 8-9. That will put the Steelers in at 9-8. and eight. So I think it's going to be intriguing to watch this over the weekend, Sean. I can't have a really strong take on which one I do think is going to go in, but I'm going to disagree with you, and I think that the Dolphins will get over the line against the Jets, and I think the Dolphins will be the the number seven seed here in the, the AFC. It sounds like you don't think it's going to be the Dolphins, so if it's not the Dolphins... Is it going to be the Steelers or the Patriots?
2: Well, the fun thing here is that either way, we get to see a quarterback who needs to finish hot, right? If Kenny Pickett can play well, if he can get Deontay Johnson involved, if he can get that touchdown for Deontay Johnson in week 18, all of those things will be very positive for him. He's a polarizing player at this point because he hasn't created the scoring that you really need to see. He hasn't unlocked these individual pass catchers, and yet he has a solid rapport with George Pickens, who makes another unbelievable catch last week. He's got a solid rapport with Pat Fryermuth. He is peppering Johnson with targets, and yet the efficiency numbers there are more or less catastrophically bad. You have Najee Harris making some plays in the last couple of weeks and looking like he will go more the direction maybe of a Josh Jacobs – hold in there you know maybe a, a david montgomery and have that possibility for a later career renaissance as opposed to completely going the way of a trent richardson which he's been kind of on the verge of doing at times the season as he gets healthier you're going to see this combination of receiving ability and broken tackles probably never get the big plays that you need to be a truly impact running back but someone within the context of this offense who is solid they can move the ball. They've got to be able to execute in the red zone. They've got to be able to execute on third down. And Pickett taking the next step would be huge for that team and answering some questions in addition to making the playoffs this season. With the Patriots, you have Mac Jones. You have the game last week with Tyquan Thornton where he scores a touchdown. He almost catches a second touchdown. He's also the target again on a deep shot where if you're getting Thornton with both underneath targets and the air yards... That's extremely encouraging for him from a dynasty perspective, but also it gives them a little bit more to go with Jacoby Myers, to go with someone like a Hunter Henry, to go with a Ramondre Stevenson. It opens up the possibility that especially if they're able to bring someone in. And again, if anything were to happen to Mike McDaniel, I would think there would be every team that needs a head coach is going to be beating down his door, but also some of these teams that are very well coached and, Really need an elite offensive coordinator. Making him the highest paid offensive coordinator in football also seems like a possibility. Probably not really a super likely path there to the Patriots per se, but there are all of those scenarios out there. The Patriots are going to add to this offense where Mac Jones is. If he can deliver an upset against the Bills and pull the Patriots into the playoffs and play a competitive playoff game, that really changes his future with the New England Patriots.
1: Yeah, I really hope for the Miami Dolphins side of things, for the fans out there of the Dolphins. I hope they're you know that's an exaggerated report on potential coaching changes. And if they sneak in, maybe that changes that. But yeah, far too good of a job, I think, as a first-year head coach to, to not be there heading into the 2023 season. Sean, that is going to kind of get us to the end of our kind of i guess pre wildcard weekend preview but because of the way the seasons have changed in the nfl it does feel like some of these teams are already playing playoff football for the example the packers it feels like they've been in playoff football mode for the last four or five weeks because every game if they didn't win they were in big big trouble and even with wins they were still in big trouble but they're right there on the, the footstep of the playoffs and hopefully they can make it in now this coming weekend I know that's not what you're saying, Sean, in your heart of hearts. But we'll see how we are doing as we discuss the games early next week. As we we look back into things, but lots more to come from Road of His Overtime. We will have slightly changed potential uploading schedule throughout the off season, throughout the postseason. So make sure you are subscribed to the Road of His Overtime podcast feed to get all of that once it goes live. I had some questions over. The last week or so, we were running our December promotion for 10% off a one month pass with the code RBRadio2022. The one month and the one year options are currently available. We have kicked off RBRadio2023 as the promo code for 10% off a one year subscription to RotoViz.com. RBRadio2022 will still work for the next week or so for 10% off a one month pass if you want to try that out. So, both options are available. That gets you access to all of our content and tools up on rotavis.com where of course you can find work from Sean and the rest of the writing team. Hopefully you're going to enjoy the games this weekend. I know it's been a, a difficult week for all NFL fans and how things went down on Monday Night Football. Hopefully you've enjoyed listening into today's show and hopefully you will be back with us for our recap show early next week. But until we are back, my name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, my co-host, as always, is Sean Siegel. Check out his work on rotaviz.com. And of course, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotaviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotaviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotavizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotaviz And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Roto-Viz Radio homepage, rotaviz.com forward slash podcast.